0: previously on Those Were the Days.
1: Ale, podcast tours makes me think of an artist that can paint in any way, shape, or form with whatever brush.
0: These are a garnish. I'm not
1: allowed to use knives in my house.
0: (laughs) I hear
2: Fukuisan all the time. It -hmm.
0: is every school anime. I had no idea that it was basically the WWF.
2: Uh, To the point where my college boyfriend and I and his whole family had an Iron Chef day.
0: If you trip in a kitchen... There's a high likelihood you're going to have a real
1: bad time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, like, that cable <laughs> management needed to be on the money.
1: Those were the days as filmed before a live internet audience. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Those Were the Days, where we pull up to the restaurant of nostalgia, sit at the table, and order up a heaping course of TV shows that are aged to perfection, or occasionally just aged and need to be taken off the menu. We're in the middle of talking about cooking shows, so I hope you've eaten recently, or you're just going to hungry all over yourself. Tonight's pick, my pick. We're talking about Yan Can Cook. But, before we start talking the walk. I got to introduce my co-host for the show. First, we got Steven.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of notes for this intro other than I need to buy a walk. Maybe two. Maybe I can walk and roll. Maybe I can take a walk, you know, around the block. We'll see. All I know is I'm ready to chat about this. Let's roll. All right. And then we also have Travis.
2: So I have a walk and uh, it does rock. However, um, I don't have one of those knives, and I really, really want one, but I'm afraid that I'll end up with uh, fewer than ten fingers. Yeah. Talk about <laughs>
1: knife skills. Now, for those of you watching us live, twitch.tv, uh you'll notice Amy's not with us tonight. She's currently on a special assignment that we like to call taking a breather. But she'll be back. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We won't let her go that easy. No. No.
1: Okay, so we're talking about Yan Can Cook. So let's start with the host, Martin Yan. Let me give you a little deets about this dude. So he was born December twenty second, nineteen forty eight, in China. Now, if you wondered if if anybody wondered if he was going to grow up to be a cook, that was going to be an easy call because he uh, was born to a restaurant tour father and a grocer of a mother. So, food is in his blood. Um, and apparently he began cooking at the age of 12. Which doesn't surprise me, good lord. When he was 13, they moved to Hong Kong, um, and that, they stayed there. He went to college in Hong Kong, while also working at his uncle's Chinese restaurant. So, father is a restaurateur, mom's a grocer, uncle owns a restaurant. Um, And he's going to school for cooking stuff as well. Um, He even received a diploma from the Overseas Institute of Cookery of Hong Kong. um, And then later left to Canada for more study. Um, And then 10 years after he got to North America, he received a Master of Science degree in food science from the University of California, Davis in 1975. So, buddy... Wanted to know all he could about cooking. Um,
0: I didn't even know that was a thing you could get, uh, a food science degree. Today mm -hmm. I learned.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he does a lot of teaching for those kind of courses all over the place. Um, And he began teaching Chinese cooking in college, in a college extension program, and began appearing on a Canadian talk show in Calgary in 78. Um. And he eventually moved to San Francisco, California, where um, he started his cooking show, Yan Can Cook, for the local PBS affiliate, KQED, um, in 1982. Um, and that show it does not have an end date. It is still going. He has been doing that thing ever since. Um, according to Wikipedia, he's hosted over 3,500 episodes of the show, but I think that's a probably a Uh, a small number compared to all he's done. Like you can still go to the PBS website and look at stuff he's doing right now. Um,
0: How how do you even come up with that many dishes to cook? I mean, I know there's infinite possibilities, but somewhere there's only so many ingredients for things that go together well. Or or maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a cook. I don't know.
1: Here's the thing. It started out as a cooking show. And it is evolved just like anybody's career to be one. He's basically doing the same thing a lot of chefs has done, where he's traveling the world, sampling mm. stuff while teaching as well. So um, it's funny. I feel like he is the less flashy version of um, oh, what's his face?
2: Like an Anthony uh. Bourdain.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. He's like the less flashy version of Anthony Bourdain, who's kind of under the radar. Like he, he's just stuck with PBS. I think he's stuck with teaching as much as he can. He does a lot of traveling to different universities and stuff that have that kind of food prep, um, kind of, uh, degree. Um, it usually falls under, um, uh, hotels and stuff like that. um, just any kind of forward-facing kind of hospitality degrees hospitality yes yeah exactly so i mean it's it's hard to pin him down to any one place it seems like like he's got a home base he's got you know where he grew up where he's from but um and he's very much um someone who likes who is very much a lover of his home country of china and likes sharing that Anywhere and everywhere he can. So a lot of his recent stuff has been going back to China, going back to hometowns, showing people different foods and stuff and all that kind of thing. So it's, again, he started cooking at 12. He has not stopped. So this guy loves it. I mean, I mean, I
0: haven't stopped, but my main tool is the microwave. So, you know, <laughs> I was microwaving a hot dog at 12 because <laughs> my mom's like, it's about time you did this yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I I don't have a lot to show for it. It seems like Yan really does yep. and did and has had a lot to show for it for quite some time.
1: So, Stephen, I'm guessing this is your first introduction to Martin Yan.
0: It was. Um, that was I, man. I didn't know if I'd like cooking show month. I gotta be honest, it's not my wheelhouse. It's not, but, but dang it, if I didn't believe I could cook after watching Yan, <laughs> I was like, hey, look at him. He's that's not that complex. He's doing it. I mm-hmm. could probably do that. I it's great, Audie. Thank you for this pick.
1: Yep, and Travis, I believe you were very familiar.
2: Yeah, I remember, uh, I don't remember Yan Cook being on PBS here, but I want to say that at some point along the line, like, the Learning Channel picked it up and would broadcast Mm -hmm. them. So, but I definitely remember watching uh, Martin Yan, and it was another one of those shows that, the ho- he has such a magnetic presence and he makes things. He's very good at presentation. So you can see where he's got the background and he knows what he's doing, but there's nothing dull about it whatsoever. And he really tries to make it engaging and that's the teacher in him. And so I was Absolutely. the same way as a kid. I would get done watching that like I could make all of that right now. You know, I'm, I'm like 10, 11, 12 years old. Like I got it. Get get out of the way. I can, I can make this because he makes it look so easy. At the end of the day, it really... He really is. He does the presentation of everything is what makes it. And so I adored Yan Ken Cook growing up. And, um, you know, back then it was a lot of the flashy knife work and the silliness. And then as I got older, I realized, Oh, Oh, everything he's doing makes a whole lot of sense. And like, then I started to appreciate like all of it so much more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in a similar boat as Steven, when we did, cooking month i was like oh, okay this this will be interesting cuz like most of the <laughs> cooking stuff i watch is more recent stuff that's on youtube and junk
0: mm-hmm.
1: not something that was regularly on television back in the 80s and 90s too much um, i started looking around at some of the food network stuff but all of that stuff is on food network or weirdly like not easy for somebody to find and watch an entire show like i think right. the the first one i i landed on was Alton Brown but his stuff is all chopped up and everywhere and you know he's got good little nuggets here and there but not a full show but um and looking through stuff and then i was like oh i remember yan can cook it must have been because i have a memory of that of just him doing his thing i don't think i watched it growing up but i definitely remember it being a pbs kid um and seeing the commercials because as soon as that caught my eye and my ear my brain immediately heard yan can cook if you if yan can cook So, um, found this one online on YouTube, KQED, the original PBS channel he was working for, put a bunch of these episodes up on YouTube like a year or two ago, um, specifically targeting (laughs) everybody in lockdown on COVID, like, need help cooking? Here's some ideas for you. And it it Uh, makes sense to do that, and
2: especially mm -hmm. given the teaching nature of what Martin Yan did, because sort of like... Like Alton Brown really kind of took that to a new level with production and mm-hmm. sort of the, his idea of marrying uh, you know, Julia child and Mr. Wizard and Monty Python together right. into his show. Uh, but that was, you know, the, the bedrock for that was started with people like Martin Yan, like Justin mm-hmm. Wilson, um, the frugal gourmet, those people where it was very instructional and very learning. And like, so it makes perfect sense that KQED having all of that stuff would want to put it out there and make it available. And Martin Yan probably wanted that as
1: well. Oh yeah. I mean, he's got a bunch of stuff on his own personal YouTube channel. That's just from the PBS stuff too. Um, KQED put not just Martin Yan, like just about every cooking thing they have is up there. So there's a ton to dig through. If anybody needs another place to look for a cooking show, uh, for whatever reason, there's plenty of stuff up there um but this one this was the first one i found and i kept coming back to it cuz i liked this particular episode uh so it's on youtube simply as uh recreate chinese restaurant favorites at home doesn't tell you specifically a season or episode um and i think you know for a cooking show like this that doesn't really matter i mean yeah. you'll notice the the slight differences in the way he looks depending on how uh, younger or older he looks. Um, but I fell on this one just because I was like, yeah, I want to learn some of this stuff. Um, and it was funny taking notes on this. I was like, how do you take notes on a cooking show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then, the, again, like Travis was saying, the, the way that Martin Yan entertains you while he's telling you about what he's doing, um, like telling you about Mongolian beef being... Genghis Khan, Mongolian beef. And let me cut up these peppers because Genghis Khan likes things wild and spicy. (laughs) Well, and
2: one of the cool things he did was I love that he would uh, tape everything in front of a live audience. So it was a small audience of people, but that, because he has such an energy about him and he's always, even though he's not directly interacting with individuals in that audience, having that audience there gives him something to play off of. And so that brings a different energy to it than, you know, say Julia Child, who's wildly entertaining, but is in a kitchen by herself with a small crew. And this Mm -hmm. way, like, he gets people that you can hear people laughing when he makes a silly joke.
1: You Mm -hmm. can kind of play with that a little bit. And I loved all that. Yep. Like when he's telling you to stir fry, don't stir fry, stir fry. Yeah. If you stir fry, (laughs) it will burn.
2: Great, great amount of dad jokes.
1: Yes, for sure. It's funny. I watched one of the other episodes, uh, and at the end of the episodes, he had just recently had twins, and he had them up there and was trying to feed them some little food and stuff. I was like, good. Dad jokes? Yeah, understand where those are <laughs> <Yeah>. coming from.
0: <laughs> he is one of us. There yeah. was
1: there's a great episode. I don't
2: remember the title of it, but it had to do all about noodles. Mm-hmm. And at one point he brings out a guy who works in a Chinese restaurant making noodles by hand like daily for the last 20 years. And he's giving a demonstration of making the noodles and slamming the, the dough down on the countertop and rolling it out by hand. And then he brings somebody up from the audience and has them try it out too. So they got a big wad of dough and they're, they're kneading it by hand. And Martin's sitting here throwing down flour. And he's like, you need more flour. And he's needing it a little bit more, and the guy's struggling just a little bit. He's like, more flour. And he just keeps throwing flour on the board. Then he starts taking the flour and he's like putting it in the guy's pockets. Like, you need more flour. It's <laughs> always, always more flour. And they, you know, the, over here, this guy's <laughs> mm-hmm. just whipping dough around and making noodles left and right. And there's just flour flying everywhere. It's, it's like almost like something you would see the Swedish chef involved in.
0: <laughs> and it's. And yeah, that, that whole scene you just pointed out is something that I value in PBS in general. And if if Yann didn't do anything like that in this episode, in particular, like bringing out a professional something maker, but like that's one thing Mister Rogers did on PBS, he'd bring mm-hmm. in like Yo-Yo Ma to play cello, because this is the kind of thing that was free. This public broadcasting yep. system; it's free for people to watch. It's available, and children can sit down and watch this stuff and may see something that goes. Holy cow! I want to try that. That looks really fun, and I think that's one of the things that um I I learned from somewhere. I can't remember if it was a Mister Rogers show, maybe it was a quote from him. But in order to get somebody excited to learn something, don't show, don't teach them immediately. Show them someone loving yeah. the thing yep. first. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get kids excited for cello by saying, "Okay, let's sit down," and this is an A and this is a beat. You show someone incredibly excited yep. playing the mm-hmm. cello. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one of the things I love about these cooking shows is you're watching people be very excited to make food. And I ain't going to lie, I don't really love to cook that much, but I really wanted to cook what Martin Yan was mm-hmm. cooking. I wanted to be a part of that experience because he looked like he was having fun, and it looked delicious, and I knew I, I could benefit from having that kind of skill. Mm-hmm. And it it comes across so well in this show. Um just very well done.
1: And and mm-hmm. let me tell you after watching several videos of this show, watching several of his other things, more recent stuff online here and there. This man is always excited. Like he's one of those people that just oozes excitement no matter what he's doing. I saw one thing where he was um teaching at some college or something as a guest and you know, talking about knife skills and stuff, which we'll talk about cuz good lord. Um yeah. But he was, um, gosh, he was just exuberant about everything. And mm-hmm. he had a great little thing where he was talking about, uh, how we need to work on our diet. And he's like, uh, saying after all these shows, I'm still the same weight because of my diet. <laughs> right? It's just like, Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on.
2: Well, it's cause it's he's just... burning all those calories, chopping everything up.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, and again, like it wasn't just a cooking show. Like we, you know, he does the Mongolian beef. He does the General Tso's chicken. She keeps calling chow which was really interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to hear him pronounce yeah. it that way. Um, and I'm like, wow, we've totally been butchering that on this side of the world, haven't we? So oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, General
0: Tso's. That's how, that's how I've always said it. Now I'm questioning everything.
1: Right. And then after that, <laughs> he takes us on a little journey to teach us about Peking duck.
0: This... This was great. <laughs> I did not expect it. And I was like, holy cow, ca- we're going somewhere. All right, mm-hmm. let's go. I'm on the bus. Yep.
1: And even still, in his iteration through it, you know, you see the guy uh, chopping up the duck and handing it to them with white gloves on. I'm like, really? And even Martin Yan's like, the gloves are optional. <laughs>
0: I love that. I just, did want to try duck after watching this. Yeah. Even though I've been told by everyone I know that I trust their palate, they're like, duck is a greasy slash oily bird. And I'm like, is that good or bad? And they're like, I don't like it. But I, I don't know. Now I got no, to like you like it, meat
2: to me. It, if you have it done right, it's really good. It is a fattier bird, but um, mm-hmm. that's just if you don't prepare it correctly. And pl- Peking duck is an even diff- more different thing. Mm-hmm. Right, because
0: the head's still on it.
2: Yeah, it's also the way it's prepared. That skin is incredibly crispy, um, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a different preparation. But I love too where he said, yeah. and I didn't catch what year this was from. But if you noticed, he said it was like thirty-five or forty dollars for a Peking duck, mm-hmm. but you get three meals out of it because you get the right. You know, you you get the stir fry, you get the slices of it, and uh, with those mandarin pancakes, and then the soup.
0: mm Hmm. Mandarin pancakes, by the way. Never heard of that. (laughs) Want to eat it. Yep.
2: One of the things... uh, So what makes Yan Can Cook such a great platform is he's... You know, Adi talked about how he wants to, uh, like, really focus on and showcase China and his heritage and, and all that kind of stuff where he's from. And so he's so excited to teach people about that and teach people that style of cuisine and making it accessible. He never... If you notice, it's always, he's always talking about just stuff you have around and the simple ingredients you have. And one thing he doesn't do is take a lot of time with the prep work, but stir-fries especially are such a prep-heavy thing. All the work, all the time it takes to do a stir-fry is in the prep.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
2: it might take you a half an hour to make dinner, but 25 minutes of that is prep work, and it's five minutes on the heat. And so yeah, because once that, once that roller coaster starts and you put stuff in that walk, it, you don't stop until you're done. So you don't have time mm-hmm, to like, mm-hmm. shoot, I got to prep this. And nope, it better be ready to go because you're going to burn everything. But I just love that because it it, it it is the type of thing that I think formats really well, especially for that era of television, because you can, just, you can have everything ready to go and just show it and show it yeah. very quickly and not have to be like, mm-hmm. all right, now – you know, we wait three hours for this to be done, or you pull the swap out. You don't have to do that swap out Right. that a lot of cooking shows mm-hmm. need.
1: Yeah. And you can this see is, that um, he had a lot of that prepped. He would show you some of the prep, mm-hmm. but a lot right. of it was already done for you. You're like, oh, okay, he got that done already.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, that's just that's the cooking show 101, man. You've got all your stuff in little bowls. And I've taken that before and been like, you know what I'm going to do this time I cook? I'm going to go ahead and portion out the salt. And portion out the flour or whatever I know I need, and then I'm going to start cooking. And this is—it's funny you bring up the prep time because this is a disagreement Stephanie and I have all the time when it comes <laughs> to cooking. I call—I oh, nice. say her chili she makes is difficult to make. She insists it is very easy, but I—she ha- has to do an enormous amount of chopping. Mm-hmm. She chops for like 20 minutes, maybe sure. more, and I—I I view that as that is a difficult job you've got to ch- i just don't it's hard to chop for that long and she's like no this is easy i can it just takes me time and i thought that was a that's that's a distinction we have when it comes to me deciding <laughs> on a recipe i'm like <laughs> i have to chop for 10 minutes no <laughs> just not, are there pre-chopped of these things so you, that i'm doing you need a sous chef
2: you need to get sam old yeah. enough to be able to use a knife and then he can yeah. be your sous chef, and he can just do all the prep work for you. And you'd be like, "All right, buddy, that's right. get this, 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 and this. Chop for me. Put them in the bowls. Be ready." And then I'll come in and we'll make it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll I'll give him a knife, and I'll be <laughs> down in ten minutes. Get to work. Well, not he right now. It. I mean, he's seven. He could get there. He could get there. I watched Master close. Chef Junior. Those kids are capable. Honestly, at seven, he's not that far off. You're right. Yeah. no i was whittling wood at seven you know <laughs> cutting my fingers open and stuff but still
2: <laughs> just make sure he's got a good sharp knife and you're fine
0: <laughs> yeah, real sharp make sure those those fingers come off clean mm-hmm.
1: okay but i gotta go back to a couple of the jokes yan <laughs> talked when he was doing the general Tso's chicken because that was hilarious like he was talking about mm-hmm. how do chinese chefs get all this stuff done at the same time they have Two walks. So we're going to walk side by side. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> well done. this whole segment. Well done. Yeah. And then he's cooking everything. He's like, you go here and back here and then back here and then back here and then back here. I was like, dude, slow down. Slow down, please. <laughs> and then he, when he <laughs> added the wine to both dishes to get it to flame up, and he was like, no wonder my yeah. eyebrows have a little left. I was yeah. like, <laughs>
2: yeah, don't lean jump forward. forward. Don't
1: lean forward yeah. when you're putting that in there. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. it was funny that lit up quick it was funny to see peanuts uh so center stage um yeah one talking about him from texas as a uh georgia boy where we've got uh big old peanut thing i was like texas number two huh who's number one there mr yan huh
0: i was waiting naughty i was right there with you as a fellow (laughs) georgian i was like you know georgia makes a quarter of the world's peanuts Mm -hmm. like we're no joke
1: but it was just no. just funny in the day and age where we kind of uh, shy away from peanuts a lot in cooking these days and just in mm-hmm. general be- because of food allergies and stuff. I understand. It was just funny to see it front and center and not even a second thought about it.
0: And it wasn't a Thai dish. I know Thai dishes generally use a lot more peanuts. Um, I was kind of shocked to see it in this dish. Not that I'm a culinary expert, but I've always only ever really heard of peanuts in, in Thai food.
2: Uh, you
1: could uh, you, you can find them in Chinese food too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, towards the end, he started showing us how to make wontons. And I was like, oh, oh,
2: man. dude. I I am getting some wontons my next shopping trip.
1: Keeping <laughs> those around,
2: they're great to have around anyway. But I always oh, forget yeah. to get them. But oh, I just I'm watching that. Like I want just a mountain of dumplings.
0: <laughs> it looks so good. Mm-hmm. seafood wontons is what he was throwing together yeah Yeah, which was a
2: cool idea um but any mm -hmm. any wontons i don't care what they are i just want the i want a dumpling filled with with you know some ground meat mixture inside Mm -hmm. a wonton wrapper Mm -hmm. boiled or fried i don't care
0: yeah there's this food truck in the area called mr dumpling this is the free promo mr dumpling (laughs) uh but they have a cheeseburger dumpling that's like it's just a cheeseburger in a wonton form, and it's amazing. Mm, like that's if awesome. I had those all the time, I would just eat those every day. <laughs> They're great.
1: Yeah, but I gotta say, me and my wife Julie are big fans of the um, crab wontons anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we like like to get those. It's funny we used to get wontons, and what did we do? We did like a little taco thing in them. Like we would put them in a. Uh, what you call it? Uh, uh, what am I trying to think of? Pan where you make a muffin pan, muffin tin. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Okay. You put put the wontons in there, put your taco stuff in there, and just kind of bake it. Yeah, Ooh, that'd be a good way to do it.
0: Ta- I like it.
1: Hmm. But yeah, yeah. and ag- again, he's telling us all this with his sense of humor. You know, like here's how you fold wontons, all these different ways. Doing it slow motion, like I'm practicing my Tai Chi. You know, here's here's one with just a little bit. If you're diet conscious, here's one if yeah. you haven't had a meal in forever and you need to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, teaching you which way to fold it or when there's just pleats. Um, the most interesting thing that I was surprised that I I if I've seen it, I didn't think about it. But using giant chopsticks as cooking utensils, yeah, that was yeah. new to me.
2: I've never that. seen that before, mm-hmm. and it, it, I've seen it, but I've never, I've never had a pair to use. But the, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's a great utensil, and I want to get me a set now.
1: I was going to say I've got some decent uh, chopstick skills enough that makes me want to try that for sure.
2: I mean, that set he has is like two and a half feet long. Like those things are
1: right. huge. Mm-hmm. But still, every single time. And he's chopping something with a knife and showing off those nice skills. Good Lord. And that's something he is known for. Um, yeah.
2: Now, there again, there's that. he has a, It's a very sharp knife, which is important. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. That knife needs to be very sharp. And it's a Chinese cleaver, which is a style of knife that I don't have, but I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a very versatile knife to use in a kitchen. But it's you can get you can do that kind of knife work with that because it's a big, heavy knife, And if you notice, he's very smart in that he uses the the proper grip where his knuckles are forward, mm-hmm. and he basically just keeps that knife right against his knuckles, and with that, you're not going to cut yourself. right? Because yep. he, he never he, he preps everything the right way, but I just love watching him take a piece of bell pepper and turn it into Julianne's strips. Where And he's not even watching. He's not even looking. He's like looking off somewhere else. And he's doing little rhythms with it. And I I grew up wanting a Chinese cleaver so bad because of watching Yan Can Cook. Mm -hmm. And I still have never gotten one. But one day, one day I
1: will. Like, I made Mongolian beef tonight and was thinking about that as I was cutting up the peppers. And I was like, yep, I ain't got those skills. I'm not that (laughs) good (laughs) with them. Mm-mm.
0: No, I, I cut with fear. Uh, I do not, I am very uncomfortable with a knife set. So I look like a toddler when I'm cutting stuff. It's it's painful. Like lift it all the way off the chopping block, make sure I have it in the right spot, then go down. <laughs> like Stephanie, she's like, do, do. she does the whole like push the food with your thumb mm-hmm. and keep your knuckles bent yep. method. Uh, it scares the crap out of me. I can't do that.
2: <laughs> mm. We'll teach you.
1: I'll cut my yeah. finger right off. I'll, I'll teach you how <laughs> Yep. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I I haven't been seriously cooking until we moved here and we kind of switched who's cooking more. And I've done mo- the majority of the cooking. And so I've gotten used to it. So it doesn't scare me as much. But I definitely remember, you know, those those early times cooking some recipe. It's like, I got chopped this. Okay. Yeah. junk, junk Zunk, zunk. <laughs> and today it was definitely yeah. more like zunk, 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 well these ain't as pretty as martin yans but they'll do <laughs> yeah we get used to it you know use mm-hmm. a tool
0: enough times you start to get more comfortable and and it, it makes more sense to you it just it just takes time and practice like mm-hmm. this This year, I think we couldn't have done this cooking theme at a better time for me because we've started eating in more, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and I've made stuff that has tasted good, so I've gotten a little bit more confident, a little bit more excited, a little bit more creative. I made homemade potato chips the other day. I was like, I wonder if I could slice these potatoes thin and throw them in the air fryer if they'd turn into chips and they were delicious. So it's like (laughs) you do those kind of weird things. You just invent food you think you would like Mm -hmm. at home and you just make it and just your confidence level grows and shows like this help add some variety to that, that you're just like, "Ah, Mm -hmm. I haven't had anything different in a while. I'd like to try. Well, and This is great.
2: The beauty of it is we were talking in the group chat earlier where you were saying, you know, I need to buy a wok and it's like, Yeah, yeah, do that. And, and, but experiment, try out, you know, whether it's chicken beef, shrimp, whatever you like, mm-hmm. but go through the process of doing the prep, get all the, uh, you know, the, the French term for it is mise en place, which is just everything in its mm-hmm. place. But get everything prepped, do a stir fry right there in a, in a regular frying pan. Because what's great about it is it becomes the type of thing where when you need a weeknight meal, you can throw together a stir fry super quick with whatever veggies yeah. happen to be around, or it's a quick if it's a quick trip to the store, you can just be like, what looks good? Grab a couple veggies, a protein, and make a little sauce. Boom, you've got stir-fry. And yeah. from there, endless possibilities. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I like about watching Martin Yan is that he, he basically tells you, that. he's like, yeah, I've got this, 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 and this, but you can use pretty much anything you want. Here's a few things that I like. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just getting it hot enough and and letting it cook and it cooks very quickly and it's the type of thing that can build that confidence for you so it's like the perfect type of cooking and i do think that martin yan really helped to bring like chinese takeout was always popular sure but i think he helped uh for a lot of people myself included to really look at The different dishes that there are that you can get in a Chinese restaurant or that you could try making at home and 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 really learn more about them and try different things. Even something as simple as like his goofy thing where he shows you how to mince garlic and ginger.
1: Yeah. Just slam the knife
2: down on it, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's all it takes. And then, you know, just doing that adds a different layer of flavor and right. so it's, it's cool stuff like that. And, and expanding people to a different cuisine that's outside of what you know most Americans grew up with, especially at our age and a little bit older, when he was really pumping out stuff on KQED. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1978, he got started with a cooking show. Wow. Right. That's, that's just amazing that he's been doing it for what 40-plus 40, 40 years of cooking mm-hmm. demonstrations yeah. and cooking shows.
0: Yeah. He just makes it all so approachable. Yeah, like it just the food is it's so approachable. I think of it like Bob Ross makes painting approachable. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mm-hmm. watch him, and there's an immense amount of talent there, and you you can recognize that, but it's not too scary to try. You know, you're like he's telling me exactly what to do. All I need, all it's about is learning feel. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of feel. Like I can watch you produce anything from food to paint. And I can do it and get relatively close, minus some of the nuances and some of the things I just don't know how to look for. Right. But, but I, I love these kind of shows. This, it does such wonders for that.
2: And, and that's the thing, right? The approachability. Because these are people with immense skill in what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they make it
2: approachable and to the point where you, you can learn what they do. You can learn to paint like Bob Ross did. If you practice mm-hmm. it enough and you follow the the techniques that he shows you, you can learn to cook the way that Martin Yan does. If you follow and pay attention to what he's doing and how he does it, and just it's repetition at that point. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be born into it. You don't have to go to a cooking school to be a chef. You can learn these things, but they take that and they make it so that just anybody anybody can start with it you got to have that it's it's removing the gatekeeping and let people in to check it out Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what you know people like martin yan alton brown julia child that's what they wanted to do because it's a cooking especially is such an important skill for people yeah because you got to eat like it's one of the few things you absolutely have to do is eat (laughs) and if you're gonna have to eat why not eat well even Mm -hmm. if it's not every meal you don't have to cook every meal at home but like for you, Stephen, who's, you know, you haven't done a lot of cooking to start getting some of that uh, confidence in cooking, even if you do it once or twice a week is still, that's a big thing and it gets you more confident yeah. in doing it. And audio, how did your Mongolian beef turn
1: out, by the way? I mean, it, was it was delicious. <laughs> it was <laughs> glorious. Um, yeah. And I will say like, for me, especially being a visual person, I do a lot better when I can see somebody making the dish, not just have, you know, the written recipe there, but see how they do it. Like yeah. I will go to YouTube for a recipe before I'll go to print Pinterest or somewhere else, you know? Sure. Um, and I, I think I, that's what I'm learning to love about watching these older cooking shows and realizing what I've missed in not following them when I was younger and could have used, you know, more of that education. But I appreciate now. Um, and, you know, appreciating the YouTubers that I do watch now that do stuff every day now. Um, and seeing how they are, are like this. And I realize that people like Martin Yan paved the way for all of these other people to have this kind of fun cooking show. Oh, sure. In one way mm-hmm. or another, you know. And you look back, it's like, okay, this is where, this is how they can do it now because Martin Yan did it then. Um, and it's funny to, to see this and think of his show as a pioneering show. Um, cause we'll talk about it, uh, with some of the other ones coming up, like cooking shows haven't been around forever. Like, right. And the good ones are few and far between that have survived. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it. It was just really fun to watch this and see, see him do all the cutting, all the prep work, telling the dumb jokes. We've heard from Genghis Khan and General So. Now we hear from General Custard.
0: <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. I don't know what that would taste like, but it, yeah. yeah, I want to try it.
2: Yeah, I, I did know. No, I did notice watching it. Like, okay, this feels like eighties, nineties television with some mm-hmm. of their okay. cutaways, with some of like when they would show the final dish and just mm-hmm. the way they would do it it had that feel of an older thing and i cuz i i do still watch a lot of cooking demonstrations and a lot of youtube channels so it's it's seeing the evolution of presentation oh yeah uh, over time but again with martin kind of paving you know being one of those that paved the way for it and brought us what it is and showed hey it doesn't just have to be a segment on good morning america or the local you know, talk show morning news thing to do this small bit. You can dedicate a half an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And and it was a ton of fun. There, I did also a couple of times have a feel like I was almost like I was watching an infomercial with the way yeah. that he would yeah. interact. It had that very like, uh, you know, Ron Popeil type feel to the interaction, mm-hmm. except that he's not hawking any product. He's just like cooking. Right. Here's, here's the cooking thing. Check it out because it's super fun.
1: And again, if you
0: go ahead, Steve. oh sorry, out of you. I, I was just going to say, if you if you threw a headset on him, he could have been in the middle of a shopping mall. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. like it, that's the way it felt to me.
1: And, and I think that I'm comes sure he's from done that. Well, <laughs> I'm I, and I think that comes from again talking about the pioneering way of teaching you and showing you stuff on TV, like the reason they did it to hawk stuff is because it works so well with somebody like Martin Yan teaching you something. Yeah. So I think there's something to be said about him paving the way for everybody, even the, the people who are shelling stuff at us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And if his
2: presentation isn't as good as it is, number one, he doesn't last 40 plus years making shows, but he also doesn't influence that next generation of people that want to learn Uh, the cooking and the fact that he has a food science background Mm -hmm. is also really cool because he doesn't just want to learn how to cook. He also like, it's the how and the why of the cooking and what works and what doesn't. And then he can kind of teach that as well. So it's, it's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. He's
1: Mm -hmm. pretty cool guy. And then it all comes back to like, at the end, he's like, put these on the menu of the finest restaurant in town your house you know it all comes back to teaching you how to do it because as the tagline says at the end if yan can cook so can you and i think that's a legacy he's never gonna live down like it's that's his legacy that everybody comes back to if yan can cook so can you and i think that is an amazing legacy to have to be someone who not only enjoys food but enjoys teaching about food
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to de- demystify Chinese food for American mm-hmm. people and it doesn't just have to be the thing you go to the the restaurant and come home with the little paper uh containers of you know you can do that at home yeah and with a minimum of equipment like you can mm-hmm. go right now into your kitchen with the equipment that you have and make any dish that he did and it's going to be very close to what he made
0: i got carrots snap peas and rice Right now, available to me. <laughs> Boom. There you go. You know, and some peppers. I throw a meat in there and I'm good to go. Stir fry. Yep. Done. Yep.
1: There you go. Okay. So that was Yan Can Cook. Um, did we get any emails or anything on this one?
0: I don't recall. Not that I any. saw. Okay. I will double check the inbox. Okay. Uh,
1: and again, we we love hearing from you guys. So definitely hit us up either on Twitter at those days show or hit us up in the email. Those were the days show at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Yang and cook. Let us know what you think of any of these episodes. How has cooking been for you? Was there any cooking show that you loved that you got into that made you want to cook? We want to hear from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: want those stories. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Y'all send us something. Cause that I would love to hear what, you know, just your cook, your cooking relationship uh, would be fun, For even sure. if it's not associated with a show. That sounds great.
2: Yep. Either way, and what I love about some of the, the shows is that they can give you a healthier relationship with your food, too. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. when it comes down to it, uh, one of the great things about learning to cook Chinese food from Martin Yan or whomever is knowing what's going into what you're eating. Yeah. Instead of it just mm-hmm. being the mystery box of hey, what are the you know you find out what those little peppers are in your in your General Tso's chicken the little the little dried peppers that burn your
0: face
1: off, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: right? I want some General Tso's now. Thank you for
1: that. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been, I, I gotta share this after even with all this Chinese food for some reason I got in my head that I wanted a French dip so I've been watching all kinds of videos on how to make a French dip and like yeah that that's great i just want to go get one so <laughs> yeah it's gonna be lunch at some point this week we'll see
0: mm-hmm. wow, but, french dips my jam mm-hmm. i
2: have i have a friend who goes around our town and tries the french dip at every restaurant and then rates them <laughs> nice <laughs> it's
1: that's amazing
0: whole, it's a whole thing that's
1: the way to do it
0: it matters you gotta know because some places they don't give you enough as you they give Man. you a little cup. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the cup isn't even big enough to fit the sandwich in. It's yeah. like a little ketchup to go cup. Yeah, what's You're that like, about? What even is this? Mm-hmm. I can't dip this. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm like the places he... that give you like a little almost bowl-sized cup right. yeah. that's deep. Yep, That's how you do a French dip. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't do that, then I'm sorry. This <laughs> isn't a dip.
1: All right, so next week, Steven, what are you yeah, bringing man. Us?
0: I'm going to bring you something good, I guarantee. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing Justin Wilson's Easy Cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing episode one, Chili Ross Chicken a la Croll. Uh, so we're going down, you know, if you're not familiar with Justin Wilson, uh, he wears red suspenders and he's from the great state of Louisiana. Uh, and we're going to be learning about some Creole cooking. I'm excited. Nice. I, I full disclosure, I've never watched this show before. Never. My brother-in-law uh, Jacob, he talked to me endlessly about how much he loves Justin William Wilson's laid-back Louisiana cooking style.
1: That's and I watched right. a little
0: bit of uh yeah I watched an episode of one episode to kind of get a feel for it, and I wouldn't expect any real harsh adherence to any sort of recipe <laughs> amounts of anything. It's very I'll put a little bit a little splash of this in there. You know, like, that's kind of how he rolls, and I'm all for it. So I'm literally looking forward to watching Easy Cooking. It's available on YouTube uh, if you're looking for it anywhere. I think there's, like, eight or nine episodes of this. This is in his latter part of his career, is Easy Cooking. Uh, So it's, like, in the late 90s, I think, but it still feels like somewhere in the (laughs) mid-80s. So, yeah, it could could be fine. Uh, Excellent. But, yeah, Justin Wilson's Easy Cooking, episode one, uh, if you can't find, if you're not sure what if it's episode one, the uh, the actual episode title is "Chili Rice Chicken a la Creole." Nice, Excellent.
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, come back next week. Join us live at twitch.tv slash Two Dorks TV Monday nights. We record at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, for the rest of you that listen, you'll get it in your pod catcher at some point later in the week. Uh, just depends on what Steven's schedule and when it gets out.
0: I'm gonna do it tomorrow as all long right. as the audio's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know anything about that. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Y'all get it at some point. Um Yep, it'll be there. So, for Amy, who's on a special assignment, Steven, Travis, I'm Audie wishing you all a wonderful rest of the week. And remember, if Yan can cook, so can you. We'll see you next week.